Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. And we're back in the huddle. Hour number two here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Your boy Q holding it down as Vinny Bonsignor is on vacation. We had a fast and furious first hour of the show. Keenan Cummings from WestVirginiaSports.com join us to talk about Darius Steele's undrafted free agent of the Raiders. And we just had a, a great 20 minutes with Van McElroy, former Raider safety, Super Bowl winner, Super Bowl 18. Good stuff with him, sharing some stories. And now we kick off into hour number two and another good guest I'm excited and fired up about, Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. You can find her on Twitter, at Cassie Soto. And Cassie, before we get into anything... Uh, I wanted to ask you, because you've said this to me multiple times that it's stuck in my head. How do you say the the sponsor's name of the tequila again correctly? Tequila Embajador. <laughs> That's right. Record it, record it, replay it, re-air it. Tequila Embajador. Boom. She's talking to you, Devon. <laughs> She's talking to you on that one. I can say it, but I can say it in my own style. Not quite like Cassie. Say it real quick. I got to hear you how you say it. All right, say it one more time. Tequila Embajador. Tequila Embajador. That's, that's a little bit better, yeah. Are, Cassie, are you saying that um, the guy who's saying it on our open, is is he not saying it properly? Is is it not enough flair on it? What's it, what's up? It, you know, I, lo- I love my guy Vinny, but he, I, think it, I think it was his read that I was uh, calling out <laughs> the other day. Shots fired. I think, goes, <laughs> I think he goes tequila embajador. And I'm like, oh, Vinny, come on. Right. See? So we just had to get the proper sound. We have to we owe them to get the right, the right sound and the right flair and the right, you know, everything. So tequila. We're about tequila, guys. We gotta do it right. Hey, you're right. <laughs> As a guy who loves some tequila, I'm not mad at that at all. Tequila and Bajador. Ooh, there you go. See? Ooh, that was a good one. Okay, record that one. Doom. Save that one. Boom. There it is. <laughs> Done deal. See, we we're bringing we're holding it down for Vinny, and when he gets back, we're gonna have presents for him. Have- <laughs> His voiceover is going to be redone. He's going to be like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> right. We just we just wrecked his show, but it's all good. But Cassie, <laughs> definitely thank you for joining the show. Uh, as, as always, I definitely appreciate it. Um, and before we get into some Raiders talk, I wanted to ask you about the Mountain West Media Days. Day one was today. I saw you at the Cosmo. And, uh, you know, it, I don't. I didn't have a lot of expectations because I've never been at the at the Mountain West Media Days. I always have been covering the Big Twelve. So, what were your expectations going into it today, and, and what were your biggest takeaways? Yeah, I mean, the, it's been at the Cosmo before. I really like the setup that they have there. Um, I used to work for the Mountain West, so I'll leave uh, try to leave some bias out of it. But no, <laughs> I think I think they do they do a good job there in making the coaches and players obviously pretty available to us. Um, I think right before you got there, Q, Marcus Arroyo had, like, a roundtable for just, just for, like, an hour. Like, anybody could have walked up to him and asked him any questions about the season, the last season, the upcoming season, his coaching style. And I think, um, yeah, they just they do a good job of making the coaches available, making them all available, right? Like, it's the one time of the year where all the head coaches, all the, the, the players will be in the same room. 
at the same time. So why not take advantage of it um, and ask some questions? Yeah, I always get excited for media days because I know that that means that college football is right around the corner. And whenever college football is right around the corner, that means NFL football is right around the corner. Right? So yeah. <laughs> I get excited about that. You mentioned Coach Royal, Marcus Royal, UNLV's head football coach. And he didn't have media days last year because obviously COVID-19, nobody had media days last year. Mm-hmm. But how do you think he handled it? Uh, and, and what were your biggest impressions and takeaways from him? Yeah, no, I think he did really well. Like I said, I kind of overheard his roundtable, and then um, I had sort of a one-on-one setting with him when it was time for the local like TVs um, to sit down. And he answered everything openly, and honestly, he had really you know candid answers. And I, I, I personally didn't ask him right about last season. There's no, there's no need to harp on it. Zero and right. six is zero and six. Right. You know, like he, he's not going to have very many answers there anymore. So I think yeah, just how excited he is to finally get to meet these players. He said he was in the building, I think, for the first time, the, um, the new training, facen- uh, training facility down there at UNLV for the first time in, like, January, mm. right? So he had played a whole season already, or, you know, like, just to be able to get these guys um, in person. Like, as a, as a coach in general, that has to be hard. As a first-year head coach, we got to like cut him some slack there, you know? Like, <laughs> right. that's hard. That's got to be hard. Um, yeah. Yeah, just the, the excitement. That he that he has this season and coming into it and I asked him about you know kind of his message to the fans and he was like hey like get in here pack this house you, not only just to see Allegiant Stadium right like mm-hmm. you could see Allegiant Stadium for for cheaper than you can a Raiders ticket if you buy an UNLV ticket but right. yeah to get in there and to cheer on these rebels uh, is was just, just his message and without going down too much of a rabbit hole uh, how much do you think Allegiant Stadium is going to help UNLV in just recruiting because that's where they're playing I mean they're playing in Allegiant Stadium and that's a awesome building we've been in it multiple times but uh, how much do you think that that'll help Coach Arroyo and company just like I said with recruiting I mean I don't know very many 18 year olds who could walk into that building and be like yeah this is lame <laughs> <laughs> this, this ain't for me you know <laughs> So I think it's a huge recruiting tool. And like I said, that Fertitta football complex, like UNLV, when you think UNLV, you obviously think basketball school. Right. But I think it's on the up and up coming um, on the football side. You're getting some uh, money pumped, obviously, into this program. You're getting some buildings that this program has never had. I mean, I don't know if you've been out to Sam Boyd Stadium yet, Q. <laughs> uh, but but Allegiant Stadium is a little bit prettier yeah. than uh, than this, their old stomping ground. So yeah, it has to be a huge recruiting. So I mean, playing in Las Vegas, living in Las Vegas, like there's so much for a person here. Um, I mean, you're experiencing it, right? Like just how much more you can get out of living in this city. And I feel like yeah. That's a huge recruiting tool on top of everything else that, that UNLV has to offer. Yeah, it's great to live here. If you can find a place to live. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. That's, that's I mean, I don't, I don't mean to get, get loud and angry with you, but, yeah, to find a place to live is no no easy task. <laughs> I don't also let you in the dorms. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> that's a solid spot for them. I don't have any eligibility. <laughs> no eligibility for me. We're talking with Cassie Soto right now from the Las Vegas Review-Journal on Twitter, at Cassie Soto here on Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. And, uh, you know, speaking of the Raiders, next next week, training camp opens right there at the facility in Henderson. Excited about that. Let me go ahead and, and continue with the UNLV theme. What are your thoughts on Javen White? You know, he was able, he was an undrafted free agent last year. He he got into the games a little bit, you know, didn't really get a whole lot of burn, but got a little, little taste of the NFL. What are your expectations for him? How much will you be paying attention to him during training camp? Yeah, no, that'll be huge. I, I spotted him out a couple times at minicamp even. I'm, really, like you said, excited for this. So this is actually, I'll be my first training camp. So, like, I'm excited too, right? I think I told you 
when when minicamp happened, I'm like, man, it's like the first day of school. Like, this is cool. Like, this is awesome. So, yeah, being able to experience training camp is going to be definitely selfishly going to be very cool for me. Um, But Javen White, yeah, a guy that um, I think we were at UNLV around the same time together, so got to follow him as a student. And and now seeing him in the pros, like, it's it's so cool. And he's such a cool, like, level-headed guy, like, just a really good dude. And those are the kinds of guys that you root for. For sure, and yeah, and a local a local kid, like he could be like right that hometown hero story. I think is what everybody's kind of pulling for, but but he's got to take the biggest step there and make sure he stays on the field and and get some playing time. Like that's on him. So that'll be interesting for sure to see um, to see him at training camp this year. But yeah, we'll have we'll have an eye on fifty three for sure. <laughs> she called him by number, so you know she's yes. paying attention. You know I'm she's paying attention. <laughs> right, exactly. And and sticking with the defense, I mean, that's something that we've been talking about all offseason long. You know, how does Gus Bradley, how does Ron Miles, how does Richard Smith improve the defense? Can they take a step forward and, and really help out the offense that is a really good offense? And if they can, obviously the Raiders could win some win a lot more games than they won even in 2020. What, uh, what area of the defense are you paying most attention to? What is the area that, that kind of says this, is, this has got to get better? If this gets better, then the whole defense gets better. Yeah, I mean, I think you just hone in specifically on the secondary, right? You want to see a healthy Damon Arnett. You want to see some of these new guys to see if they can make an immediate impact. You want to see Jonathan Abram take those steps that he he obviously didn't take under Paul Gunther. So now maybe seeing him assess uh, Paul um, Gus Bradley's defense, and maybe it's a it's easier for him to understand a lot less thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing them, you know, hopefully take off and again, be able to supplement the, the offense. The offense, we know that they didn't have a whole lot of, um, not issues, I should say, but, you know, they, they did their thing last year. And, and to be able to see this defense step up, and especially in the secondary, and you know, I was pulling for guys like Amik Robertson. I got to interview him a couple times. That's a guy who, you know, had nose to the ground. Like, he's pushing. He's trying. And I think he told us, he told myself and, and my colleague Heidi Fang in an interview, that he said, yeah, he was, thinking too much like he was still processing and learning during the season and you want to make sure that these guys know what they're doing right ahead of time stepping on the field and if this guy's still learning and and trying to assess everything when when the ball's in play then you're not setting them up for success no you're really not and you know i'm a guy who always kind of gravitates to the defensive back and the secondaries as well just because that's just who i I always say uh dbs win games but i know that you know they always play as a unit and the defensive line makes the defensive backs that much better and the defensive backs make the defensive line that much better so looking at the defensive line they bring in unique Ngakwe as a free agent max crosby's going into year three he's been leading the team in sacks the last two years what do you expect from those two guys in particular right unique and Godfrey, right he was calling him the ones and twos basically right right yep. was that yeah at mini camp he was saying like oh yeah me and max are going to be the guy and i'm like are you calling yourself salt and pepper because him and cleveland sir already had that going man like did cleveland just get the boot <laughs> 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 you just kick him out the page you said max is mine now right um but no but no that's an exciting group of guys also and and again max cosby like when you see him when he's full, full, you know, 100%, and he's rocking and rolling, um, and again, staying healthy this year, we, he played the, the back half, or was it all season? I can't remember the exact amount of games, but he was injured, right? Mm-hmm. He posted that picture on Instagram, surprised us all. Like, hey, guys, just had surgery. We were like, hold up, what? <laughs> um, right. Yeah, so for him to be healthy and, and watching him at minicamp, he is just, like, just lightning on that team. You feel his presence. And so, yeah, I mean, He's a guy that you look at to, to be some leadership, to take on um, Yannick Ngakwe to take him under his wing and show him a thing or two. 
um, again, really exciting duo that, that it will be um, good to see this year, see how they take off and how they shape up. Talking all things Raiders right now with Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Again, on Twitter, at Cassie Soto. And you said a duo, so it made me think of the offensive side of the ball. And it made me think of the backfield. Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake, two guys I'm very excited about seeing uh, this upcoming season. And I know in training camp you'll see them a little bit, but, you know, the running backs aren't putting in a ton of work. They don't want any kind of injuries in training camp. That's always the worst. But just those two guys in particular, how dynamic can they be uh, one and 1A, Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake? Yeah, I think I think when they when they signed Kenyon Drake, everybody got a little worried. Like, why do they need another running back? And I think, um, like I was talking to my colleagues, like it's to give Josh Jacobs maybe a little bit of a, a not not a break, but to give him some time to rest up so he can have you know uh, more successful time on the field. When he's on the field, it's going to be more meaningful. It's going to be more powerful. So I feel like yeah, separating um, some time between the two of those guys is going to be just it has to be beneficial. Um, uh, you'd hope, right? Like right. That's, I guess that's the plan. That's the plan of signing a, a guy like Kenyon Drake. Um, so yeah, again, just the entry. It'll be interesting to see how they two shape up. And Josh Jacobs, I mean, that guy's got, again got a good head on his shoulders, doing some great things in the community. And again, like I, I like rooting for the guys who you know have a good backstory. Like those are the guys you want to see be successful in this league because the, it means so much to them. So if they can go out there and prove that they belong there and that they've earned everything, right? That I think that's a key word. They've earned it and mm-hmm. hasn't been given to them. That that's what that's what is important. And I feel like Josh Jacobs is definitely that kind of player. Yeah, and you mentioned him doing some great things in the community, and and I missed out, and you missed out on his football did, camp yeah. that, that he had. I was a little angry that you know I guess nobody knew about it except for the people that were there, which is okay, that's fine. But how how important is it been that the Raiders have come into this community that you've been a part of for quite a while mm-hmm. and have really embraced the community, and obviously the the community has embraced them back. It's, it's been huge. I, I'll never forget the day that they announced it. I think it was like January 20th or something. It was January of 2019 when they made the official name change, the Las Vegas Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mark Davis is up there. He's like, yeah, we made the name change. This is great. Oh, hey, by the way, we're going to donate one, was it $100,000 to basically eliminate elementary school kids' lunch debt. Right. Yep. So on this day, that's supposed to be like so grand for the Raiders and the organization. They say, yeah, yeah, that's cool. But also, hey, all kids in Nevada, like we're taking care of your of your debt. Mm-hmm. And that like was huge for me. Um, obviously, right? Like that kids, 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 I think it hit the heartstrings of anybody. But the fact that they took what was such a special day for them and included the Las Vegas community, like that alone speaks just so, so many volumes. Well, only thing they could have done a little bit more for you is just gone to the animal shelter and got a couple dogs, too. Hey, if they if they start rescuing puppies, man, I'm in. <laughs> I'm all in. I think I think you know what I think. Max Crosby has. I don't know if it's here in town, but I know he's a big dog guy. Yeah. And yep. oh yeah, oh yeah. Anytime they need to do an animal foundation one on one or something, I'm going to be the first the first one to RSVP for that event. Oh for yeah, no. Sure. <laughs> I'm not even going to RSVP. I'm just going to say, you know what, Cassie's got this. She's got Cassie's that. Got it. I'm yeah. I'm not even going to try to get in her way because I know that you're all over that like a glove and 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 Cassie I just got a a couple more questions for you uh we were talking about the offense Derek Carr every year under John Gruden he's improved in a certain area of his game you know and last year I felt like what he started doing more was moving with his feet you know starting to keep plays alive starting to move the pocket a little bit what area of Derek Carr's game do you think he improves on this year and what area would you like to see him improve on 
I don't know. Let's just get a little more risky and throw some deep balls. Let's see what Henry Rugg, what kind of motor Henry Rugg has. Okay. What do you think? I, hey, I'm, just, I'm just with. Chuck it. Yeah, I mean, just, you just know, that, that's it, that's <laughs> that's what they used to do, right? Just go deep. Go deep all the time. So, yeah, no, that's that's one area. Uh, I, I was thinking as well of, of maybe the the ball security in the pocket. You know, he, he gets yeah. strip sacked sometimes, actually quite a bit. And so I think that when it gets a little hairy in the pocket, maybe that's an area as well. But that's one thing I've noticed from Derek is every year there has been something he's improved on. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think Raiders fans hold their breath every once in a while when they're in the red zone and he starts running right towards the end. So they're like, oh, God, please don't lose it. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Ball, ball security and chucking it. We'll go We'll go with those two. I think that's going to be a poster or something. You know, just put that, <laughs> put that up on the wall. Derek Carr, ball security and chuck it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I like it. I like it. And final, final question for you, and this has been great. I definitely appreciate your time this afternoon. We were both at Allegiant Stadium just last week and uh, talked to President Mark Bedane, and I know you've had many interactions with him, and now he's former president, Mark Bedane. I didn't see that coming. I don't think you saw that coming. So what was your uh, what was your initial thoughts when you saw that uh, President Mark Bedane had, had resigned? Man, we got that email at like 5 p.m., whatever it was, and I, and I saw it, and I don't know if you talked about it, but how like every word was capitalized. Right. I read it. I'm like, is this spam? Did someone <laughs> just like hack the Raiders PR email and send some weird stuff. Like what is going on here? Right. And then, yeah, like we have a, we have an NFL writers group chat and, and uh, one of, uh, one of our guys was like, is this real? Like this weird press release came out and we're like, hold on, let's just wait a second. And then once we saw, obviously people start rolling with it. We're like, dang, what the heck happened? But yeah, we just saw him like literally less than a week beforehand um, and he was like just doing his thing, you know. He, I think you got a one-on-one with him, yep. and how like how lucky was that, right? Right. Yep. Um, but yeah, I've had every interaction I've had with Mark Bedane was was just was so good. Like he was so good with the media. Anytime you wanted to talk to him, if you needed, if he did a like a full press conference, but then you wanted him one-on-one off to the side, I don't think he ever told us no. Like he was just so willing to give us the answers and to help us out. Um, and yeah, just wasn't greedy with his knowledge and uh, yeah, he was a good, he was genuinely a good guy and a great interview. And, you know, we don't get a lot of those, um, in the media very often. So yeah, you definitely try to hang on with those and those guys are your sources and and whatnot. And yeah, he'll be missed for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. I, I got that one-on-one and very blessed. That was my only one-on-one with him, and that was the last one-on-one with him. Yeah. But, you know, I, I did get it. That's that's what did. I did. I did get it, so I felt good about that. Well, well, Cassie, uh, I definitely appreciate your time this afternoon. As I mentioned uh, before, you got anything coming out? Las Vegas Review Journal, any podcast that you got coming that is going to be dropping that folks should be on the lookout for? Yeah, well, our, our, my colleagues, Heidi Fang, Adam Hillett, Graney, and Vinny's out right now, but they do a great job of doing the podcast. Myself, we'll be obviously rocking and rolling with training camp here next week. We'll have all of our videos. We'll try to do some daily recap videos, and, and um, any um, video itself from training camp, we'll try to get out there for the folks to see. Um, if they want to zoom in on any number 53, I'll be sure to look for them. <laughs> um, so that'll be on VegasNation.com, Vegas Nation YouTube, and there's even a Vegas Nation app, so go ahead and download that. There you go. Fancy. Look at you, Fancy, yeah. with the app. I heard or that. the App Store, okay? There you go. <laughs> go get it. Download it from the App Store. And uh, I'm assuming that you're going to be back out at the Mountain West uh, Media Days tomorrow? Yep. We'll be back out there for the players. There you go. There you go. Well, I'll be out there as well, so I'm sure I'll run into you. Oh, hold on. DeMond wants to holler at you real quick. Hey, Cassie, yeah. I don't know if anybody asked Coach about this today, but can we ask him about NIL 
And does he think that Vegas is going to like start throwing some money around to the team a little bit? You know, hit, yeah, you yeah, know, nudge, nudge, yeah. wink, wink. Okay, <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> nah, you ain't got to nudge, nudge, wink, wink. It's legal. Well, he can't say it. He can't say like, hey, man, right. maybe like, maybe like MGM Grand should sponsor the. So you know, he can't say it specifically. I don't think. Can you, you imagine know. you see these players on billboards down the Las Vegas Strip? Man, How nuts that would that be? That would be absolutely. <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you what. That's a game changer, though. Yeah, that's a game is. changer. It really is. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, if you're like a senior player, so you're 21, yeah, be like, yo, my night at Dre's is sponsored Saturday yeah. night. Come see me. What if you're a What if you're a third string guy at Alabama? You're still a damn good player, right? Uh huh. Uh, definitely yeah. could be a starter in the Mountain West. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. With a sponsorship. Oh, Ooh, imagine all the recruits that that we might see funneling in here. We'll we'll definitely keep an eye on that. For see, sure. see, there yeah. you go. Hey, I come up with some great ideas at times. That's just how I roll. There <laughs> so, you go, Cassie. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. I definitely appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow at uh, at the Cosmo, and uh, and we'll be talking soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Absolutely. There she goes, Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal on Twitter at Cassie Soto, all over town, doing a great job. And yeah, man, uh, <laughs> thinking of uh, you know name, image, and likeness. And I'll tell you, and I know that this we're, we're talking Raiders here. I've been for this forever. I have been a proponent of this forever. And at my previous stop in Central Texas, I was almost not the most hated guy in town, but it was like, oh, that's just terrible. You can't want that. Why do you want to? Pay these players, Q. Well, this is my simple. It's simple as this. There's a ton of student athletes. There's a bazillion student athletes. Everyone don't go pro. So I always say, if you can get some money now, get some money now. It's not guaranteed tomorrow. Go get it while you can get it. And if your name could get you a couple dollars here and there, and when I say a couple dollars, I mean a couple dollars, go get it. If that's what your name could generate, cool. A lot of people don't like that. They say it opens up Pandora's box, but the box is open anyway. I might as well go ahead and uh, get my hands a little wet with it too. And now it's legal, so yeah, man. Let everybody get. Yeah, I don't care if you can. If it's like somebody's like two hundred dollars to show up at like. I mean, whatever. At, at the car wash. I'm you know there. exactly. That, I mean, as simple as that. Hey, sign an autograph at the car wash. Got five hundred dollars in my pocket. I can eat eat a little bit better. Take my boys out for you know a meal or two. I saw the um, quarter. I don't know if they're how prevalent they are in Texas, but the starting quarterback for North Carolina got a Bojangles sponsorship. And oh, I was nice. like, oh, man, I love me some Bojangles. And we, like, I don't Woo. think we had a Bojangles around in Texas, or oh. at least not where we were, not in Central Texas we didn't. But I did see the quarterback that hasn't snapped the ball yet in Alabama is like at around a million dollars already. Wow. Hey, well, look, hey, look and, and that's a perfect example. Quarterbacks from Alabama don't always necessarily make it in the league. There's questions about Tua. So if you can get a million dollars right now in college, go and get it. Go and get it. If they want to give it to you, who am I to say no? Oh, yeah. Nobody should be turning down anything. Not exactly. Exactly right. So with that being said, if anyone wants to give a radio guy a million dollars, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> 523 is the time. Many thanks to Cassie Soto for joining us. This is In the Huddle on Raider Nation Radio 920. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Ha, nice. 530 is the time. Raider Nation Radio 920 In the Huddle. Your boy Q holding it down for Vinny Bonsignor as he is vacationing. And you heard the man with the deep voice talk about interact with the show. We got a lot of interaction going on. Matter of fact, we hit the trifecta. We got the... Text line, Sam and Ash text line. We got a tweet. 
And we got a couple callers, so let's go ahead and hit the Sam and Ash text line real quick, 69187, keyword R&R. Hit up SamandAsh.com because you deserve what's what's best and what's right. Hey, Q, this is Ty. Just wanted to say Raiders. Always hurts my voice when I do that, but it's all good. Now, it's a lot easier to do on a Sunday afternoon when you're walking around the, the game and they just put up a big victory and you may have had a couple cold beverages. It's always easy to keep that thing rolling. Yeah, I'm looking at the way he spelled it. Now you didn't you didn't do him enough credit. He, his that that is so many letters. There. There's a couple <laughs> extra S's on there, but I mean, look, it's 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 Wednesday, dog. It's not Sunday. It's not game day yet. Man, you try to wear me out, brother. Never know. I might have to double dip. I might have to do you know some more radio stuff. That's how I get down. But uh, definitely appreciate that. Uh, that text right there from Ty. Again, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Let's go ahead and hit up the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Let's start things off with Anthony. You're in the huddle. What's on your mind today? All right, man. So, real quick, um, you know, everybody's uh, everybody's so confused about why we took uh, Leatherwood, you know, number uh, number one overall, you know, didn't take uh, Morig. You know, I had a kind of a theory. I just wanted to hear you guys' thoughts on it real quick. Um, so, don't first-round draft picks, uh, they get their four years, right, and then you have the fifth-year option on them, correct? Yes, sir. And if you were a second-round pick after four years, if you don't pay them, they can walk, correct? Yes, sir. Okay, so let's think about this. You know, we all know that there's a lot of uh, free safeties and safeties, you know, that float around in free agency, but yet linemen, uh, you know, they can be kind of hard to find, especially good linemen, correct? Absolutely. So, who's to say the Raiders didn't take Leatherwood in the first round knowing they were going to have him for four years and be able to take the fifth-year option, knowing that Gruden was going to be gone, possibly, or whatever, in six years? And why not lock him up and know that you have a, a stud locked up for five years on a rookie uh, a rookie pay scale and not have to worry about paying him until the sixth year compared to, you know, drafting, let's say, Morgan in the first round, boom, now Four years happens, boom, you either got to pay this guy, let him go. Or, I'm sorry, not Morig, but, you know, uh, Leatherwood. Four years later, boom, okay, we got to pay him, let him go. But now they're just putting the offensive linemen, since it's a little harder commodity to come by, uh, in front because they know, hey, man, this is something that we need. It's something Derek Carr needs, and we need to lock this up, and the longer we can lock it up for, the better, correct? Absolutely. All right, so that that was kind of my thought. You know, everybody's saying, everybody's picking us apart, saying that we screwed up in the draft. Right. I don't believe we did. I think that the Raiders were thinking long-term, and they're saying, hey, I'd rather have an offensive lineman who's a beast for five years. Then I'm not saying, I'm not taking anything away from Trayvon Morgan. I'm not taking anything away from the guy, dude. He's a stud. Yeah. I'm sure he's going to be a stud. But what I'm saying is they were thinking long-term, Derek Carr long-term, protection long-term, uh, and I'd rather have someone like that, let's say, for five years, than a safety for five years when if the safety doesn't work out, I can go get another safety on the market compared to trying to find me an O-lineman that's going to protect my quarterback and protect my, my franchise and my Super Bowl hopes and dreams. So I don't want to kick that out there, you know, and say that, you know, everybody wants to cast shade on us and say that we don't know what we're doing. But maybe that was the thought process and the reasoning behind that. So I just want to catch your thoughts and I'll listen off there. Y'all have a good one. I think what Homeboy was trying to say is, Raiders, y'all be easy, man. There it is. There it is. Anthony, appreciate that. And you know what? You're, you're right. That's a really good call. And, and it's a really, really good call because, and I have no problem admitting this, I wasn't a fan of the Leatherwood pick. I wasn't. I mean, it, it's documented. 
Hell, I did a whole podcast about it. I'm not gonna lie. I, and 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 I and I also will say I like no, I like Alabama football a lot. I'm a big Alabama football fan because I feel like they're NFL players. So in my house, it's just win, baby, and it's roll tide. All right. I mean, that's just what it is in my house. I, I have again, I have no problem admitting that. And so I knew who Alex Leatherwood was. I knew that he was a good offensive lineman, and I thought that there was a possibility. Matter of fact, after the national championship game, I did a I did a podcast called um, National Championship Raiders, guys that were in the national championship game that I could see wearing the silver and black, and he was one of them. I just thought, and this was my fault, I thought he was a second-round dude. And I don't know if it was just because most people had him projected to go to second round, and I was looking at Trayvon Merrick, and, as, and like I told Cassie, I'm a, I'm one of those skill position type guys. You know, I mean, I, I like I like defensive backs. I like guys like that. I know that the Raiders had a need at safety. I covered Trayvon Merrick when he was at TCU. So I thought he was a, a first round dude. I thought maybe the Raiders would trade back to maybe 20, 23, maybe even 25 and get Trayvon Merrick in the first round and then get their offensive tackle in the second round. Because as we all were told heading into the draft, that this was a pretty deep class for offensive linemen. There was a lot of conversation at the, at, in the first round about different offensive linemen that could potentially be really good fits for the Raiders. And so as I was kind of putting my mock draft together in my own head, I couldn't decide on offensive linemen or safety. Offensive linemen or safety in the first round. Ultimately, when I made the pick... I ended up picking an offensive lineman, but I didn't pick Leatherwood. I picked the one uh, Darisaw out of Virginia Tech. That was my uh, that was my pick, and he's a damn good one. Damn good one, Virginia, not Virginia Tech. Sorry, but either way, to answer your question, Anthony, the Raiders coveted Alex Leatherwood, and Lincoln Kennedy's been on the record multiple times of saying that they coveted Alex Leatherwood for a long time. Tom Cable had his eyes on Alex Leatherwood for a long time. They know what they're doing. The offensive line last year, the starters, and I say that in air quotes very loosely, played three snaps together before they got broken up like the like the Commodores. You know? But those three snaps. I don't even remember them. <laughs> it happened so fast. It's almost like Destiny's Child. Who was the third member of Destiny's Child? Do you remember? Well, also like this um this offensive line that was rotating, you know. That's what I'm saying. Who was the third member of Destiny's Child? You remember? Ooh, there you was know. Beyonce, Kelly, and who? I got you. Who? Michelle. Okay, before that, there's. I was, oh, I'm sorry, there was four. Oh, no, there was four members. Sorry, there originally was four. Uh huh. You got me there. Uh, Latoya. No, it no. Was, it was Farah. She was actually from Fresno. <laughs> I'm serious. Her name was Farah. Look it up. Point is, you didn't remember the offensive line because they were never together. It was never, you know, the, the unit was never together. But Tom Cable found a way to make all these different parts fit, and that's not normal for an offensive line. That's the one unit you can switch out a, a, a wide receiver because a wide receiver is going to go do his, his, his thing. And you can have some depth at the linebacker position. You can have depth at the corner position. But it's hard to have an offensive line where you're mixing and matching different people because they have to work as a cohesive unit. So when you have a different right tackle, you had Sam Young in there. You had Denzel Good play right tackle. You had Denzel Good play right guard. You had... Denzel Good played left guard. I mean, there was all kind of moving parts outside of Colton Miller and Rodney Hudson and, and even Gabe Jackson. And, and I actually was surprised that Gabe Jackson was around for an extra year. I thought they were going to release him after the 2019 season. They kept him around another year. So when he was moved on this offseason, that didn't really come as a shock to me. I actually thought that he was on his way out before that. 
But Tom Cable, to his credit, was able to make things happen. And he was able to make these guys work as a unit when push came to shove and you had to throw someone into, into, into action. John Simpson, fourth-round pick out of Clemson. Who's that autograph of, by the way? Oh, that's Gabe Jackson. Oh, okay. There's a, there's a helmet. <laughs> I, I didn't know who that was. There's oh, no, a helmet yeah, in the I studio. Picked, that's what I picked it up. You said it, and it was just like, oh. A Raider helmet in the studio, and it's a mini helmet. It's autographed, and DeMond's picking it up and thinking, okay. So, Anthony, to your credit, yeah, you're right. The Raiders prioritized the offensive line as they did when they drafted Colton Miller, and it worked out. They gave him a contract extension even before he needed a contract extension. So, yes, the outside world, and I include myself in that, was wrong. And I, I've never had a problem saying I was wrong, ever. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be wrong again at some point. <laughs> I might be wrong right now. But, no, they prioritized the offensive line, and that's fine. Because you're right. The trenches are important. When John Gruden returned to the silver and black, the first thing he said was, we've got to be able to protect our quarterback. We've got to make sure Derek Carr is upright. So, yes, you're, you're spot on. Fans, guys like me, sometimes get greedy and want to see that skill player, that skill position. But guess what? The Raiders were still able to get the skill position guy, just got him around later. So, yeah, you got the fifth-year option, on Col- on, not in Colton Miller, on, on Alex Leatherwood. And you have a four-year deal with Trayvon Merrick. Either way, you got the guys that you were looking at. You just got them in a different order than most people thought. Mike Mayock came out after the draft and said, we don't care what people think. I mean, he might as well just said, I don't give a damn what Q said. He ain't in the building. He ain't signing no checks. His job ain't on the line. Our job's on the line. Our butt's on the line if we don't get this right. Appreciate the call. Mitch in New Jersey, you're in the huddle. Radio Nation Radio 920. What's on your mind, dude? Hey, how you doing, Q? Thanks for taking my call. Chilling. Hey, first of all, I wish I was. Uh, I hope our USC is playing Alabama this year because I think we're really stacking wide receivers. Running game, hopefully, be a little better health wise, and um, I like the quarterbacks too. I, I got to admit, though, you, you and uh, Alabama and Clemson uh, took a couple of uh, good quarterbacks from uh, Southern California. Um, you know, Young, um, I believe his name, and also the guy from uh, Clemson, DJ. Well, that's a tough name, but um, he's going to be the first-round pick, uh, not this year, but the following year. Okay. Anyway, right. You know, when I hear the name Leatherwood, I, I think of an Indian. I mean, that just sounds like an Indian name. Like, I was expecting that yeah. when, we, yeah. when he, was, he was announced. That's cool. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, when he was announced, I thought maybe, uh, you know, uh, when, he, when he got announced being drafted by the Rays, they wanted to go into his detail, and I was expecting to hear some um, – there's a native, something something along that line. But I, I guess I never, well, it's not so. Anyway, anyway, I wanted to see what would you say Marcus Allen is a better running back than LT. I didn't like LT when he became a Chad. He wasn't that good. But I guess, I know why, you know why Marcus Allen had to leave. Uh, Al Day was just uh, too much. But I think uh, Charge made a mistake when LT go. Or maybe it was just the money. Right. But he didn't do anything for the Jets. No, he didn't do anything. Right. Good stuff. Good stuff, Mitch. Thank you for the call. Yeah, LT didn't do anything for the Jets when he got there. I mean, he'll be the first to tell you that. Uh, he, he just, I mean, he, he, he had a lot of tread on his tires. He had, he had done a lot of running when he was with the Chargers. And could he have squeaked out a, a year or two extra? Sure. But, I mean, that's the nature of the beast. That's what the NFL is. It's not for long. So when guys like Charles Woodson have longevity and are in the league as long as they are, that's something that you kind of look at and just say, whoa, <laughs> 
whoa, because again, the, the longevity just isn't there. Uh, and the running back position is tough. It really is. But LT was one of the greats. Uh, Marcus Allen, uh, I mean, yeah, we're in, that's that's a whole nother conversation. Marcus Allen was, I mean, one of the greatest to ever do it. <laughs> you know, LT was awesome. Don't get me wrong. But Marcus Allen was one of the greatest to ever do it. So, uh, yeah, th- thank you for that. And as far as Alex Leatherwood, I, I can see where you, you know, you kind of thought that he was, you know, had some little Native American just from the name, you know, like Leatherwood. You know, that's that's cool. I like that. It's a little, it has a little bit of a little something, something. You know what I say, DeMond, a little something in your neck? There's Alex Leatherwood. He going to bring the wood. You know what I mean? Like, so now you can have a little something in your neck just based off the name? I mean, you got to have a little attitude and swag with you. <laughs> the criteria for having a little something in your neck just keeps on being adjusted. or nah. it's one of those. It's just one of those ever-changing things. All I right. mean, it, look, it, we, we, all are, we all come from different walks of life, man. We all, you know, we all get somewhere different ways. Having a little something, something in your neck, man, just means you got a little edge to you. Leatherwood's got a little edge, and he sounds like it. He sounds like it. Leatherwood. Yeah, see? You already are fired up. <laughs> Mitch, thank you for that call. Anthony, thank you for the call. I know we got some more calls uh, on the Raider Nation listening line. We'll get back to them, but we got to take a quick break. It's 540. This is Raider Nation Radio, 920. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Five forty-eight is the time. In the spirit of the Olympics, we're gonna try to do our best best impersonation of a relay race here. We're going to try to go quick, fast, and in a hurry in the huddle. Raider Nation Radio 920. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line, 702-365-9200. We got them stacked up, and we don't have a long time, so let's make it quick. Let's make it fast. Get to your point. Gangster Raider, you're up first. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, I wanted to make a um, retraction the other day when I called, and you asked about the two Raiders you wanted to talk to. I, I mistake the question. I thought it was just sports people in, you know, in general, but I want to change my answer to Al Davis and Marcus Allen. And I want to talk hmm. to them together, you know, partly because of the beef they had or whatever. Yep. And also because Marcus Allen, to me, is the ultimate L.A. Raider because he played his whole career in L.A. And he um, was a USC Trojan. So he played his home games at USC at the same place that he played his home games at, um, with the Raiders at the Coliseum. So he played all his games from USC and all his home games with the Raiders at the L.A. Coliseum. And he was the Super Bowl MVP. You know what I'm saying? And also, speaking of the Olympics, I think Giannis should go to the Olympics and play for Nigeria since he was born in Nigeria and then beat the U.S. and bring back gold for Nigeria. I think that'll be dope. Uh, he's gangster. I'm gone. There it is. That's the way it started us off right there. Gangster Raider Al Davis and Marcus Allen together at the same time would be awesome. And, uh, yeah, that's a good note there that uh, you mentioned talking about uh, him playing all his games there at the Coliseum. Good stuff right there. Let's go back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider Vader, you are on or in the huddle. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, man, I love hearing Q and DeMond, man. You guys are hilarious. <laughs> you guys, good vibes, man. That's what we need in this world right now is good vibes. You know what I mean? But anyways, just to, you know, real quick, I wanted to ask you guys, how do you guys think we're going to fare out in our division? Uh, last year, I think we were like 4-2. and two, And I feel like, you know, when you kind of look at the NFC South, you kind of see that the Bucks were able to pull it off, and they finished second, mm-hmm. you know, on top two of the Saints. And I kind of feel like we're heading into the uh, an ideal situation with the uh, Chiefs. You know, in our division, it might be actually a little bit more tough now that we got Herbert with uh, 
the uh, Chargers. And I just think, I just want to ask you guys, how, you know, what do you guys think? How do you, how we're going to fare out this year? Though? We're going to go four and two again, maybe five and one. And if I could just pick off Gangster Raiders, uh, you know, statement. If if I ever had to meet an old Raider, it would have to be Lyle Azedo, man. You know, he's he's probably one of my favorite Raiders of all time. And even though I've never got to see one of his games live, thanks to YouTube, there are endless Raider <laughs> memories there, my friend. Endless. There it is. Great call, Raider Vader. We definitely appreciate you. Lyle Alzado is a good one. That would be an awesome one to sit down at a sports bar and just kind of chop it up with and pick his brain. That, that Yeah, absolutely a great one uh, right there. And as far as the division, man, I, I would pencil the Raiders in. I'll pencil them in right now as – Number two in the division, uh, I think you just have to, by default, put the Chiefs at number one. Uh, I think the Chargers are going to be, uh, you know, chopping at the bit to get to the Raiders and, and try to be that number two. And Justin Herbert's a hell of a quarterback. I think he's going to be really, really good. My question with the Chargers are, are, is the fact that they have a coaching change. And how is Justin Herbert going to adapt to the new coaches uh, that are there in the organization? Is he going to be able to pick it up quickly if he will, if he does? And they are able to stay healthy, unlike every year, seems like, in the league. Um, then they're going to be dangerous. But every year that we say, oh, they're going to be dangerous, they all of a sudden get hit with the injury bug. And so it kind of it, it, it drops them down and, and it hurts them quite a bit. So I think that you could pencil the Raiders in at number two with the opportunity to compete for number one because they did beat the Chiefs last year and should have beat them twice, but should have, could have, would have. We all know that that doesn't work out. They're going to have to go out there and do it on the field. So I'll, I'll slide them in right now at the end of July. I'll slide them in at number two in the AFC West. And uh, closing out our calls today on the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200, Jerome in the house. What's up? What's on your mind, my man? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I wanted to say that uh, their call, I've been I, I like a negative for him, but First, I gotta say for the good that uh, in his first year or two, he could put six offensive linemen in the game, and, and he was a lot more confident back there and, and, and made a lot better decisions. I think if you look at that, I think we could probably uh, say some of those one or two bad plays and includes and stuff where you don't look right. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Good stuff right there. Jerome, Romy, Rome in the house. Appreciate the call, my man. Appreciate Raider Vader and also Gangster Raider right there closing us out. And yeah, I mean, the offensive line, when the protection is right, Derek Carr is is super comfortable back there, you know, and so that's that's what they need to do. And I mean, going back to Anthony's call, that's why they go out and make a, a move for Alex Leatherwood in the first round to get that that position right. They went out and made the move for Trent Brown. A lot of people criticized the the money. Oh, he's a right tackle. Well, if it worked out, nobody would have even shook a stick at the money. Everyone would have said, hey, you know what? Well worth it. Colton Miller on one end, Trent Brown on the other. It just didn't work out. Trent Brown wasn't a guy that was motivated to to, to – there's certain guys in life that need someone over their shoulders saying, do this, do this, do this, do this. They need some – they need motivation police. And then there's certain guys that motivate themselves. I've always been the dude that doesn't need someone to push me to do what I need to do. It's just in. It's just who I am. But everyone's not built like that. Trent Brown's not that guy. John Gruden likes guys that just go and do what they've got to do. Trent Brown needs a Bill Belichick in his ear to, hey, Trent, stay in shape. Hey, Trent, keep working out. Hey, Trent, don't do this. Hey, Trent, wear your mask. Hey, Trent, do, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, all that stuff. That's what he needs. Yeah, the wear your mask part, that was a good one. Well, I mean, because of all the <laughs> stuff that went down last year with him. You know, it's just... He needs that constant reminder and reminder and reminder, and John Gruden don't want that. John Gruden wants a guy that's just, hey, he knows what he's supposed to do. He knows his job. He's going to be ready to do it. That wasn't Trent Brown, so okay, it didn't work out. At least they identified the issue. Right tackle has been a turnstile for a while. They tried to solidify it. 
It didn't work out. You can't get mad at it. At least they tried. So they say, you know what, damn it, let's go to the draft and get a guy. Let's go get a guy who was coached under Nick Saban. If anyone knows about motivating themselves, it's Nick Saban. Nick Saban will tell you what you need to do and ask Josh Jacobs. You know, ask Kenyon Drake. <laughs> I mean, there's, <laughs> there's plenty of Alabama players that, that you can go back and look at and say, hey, these cats know how to play. They know how to play. They've been coached hard, and they're going to go and do what they got to do. So, yeah, uh, that's, that's, the, that's the reason why they prioritize Alex Leatherwood in round one instead of going and getting Trayvon Merrick or anyone else that they may have been looking at in round one. They said, hey, we need to solidify this line because if our quarterback's comfortable, our, the rest of the team plays better. If the, the line is solidified, our running game is better. It just is what it is. So thank you again for the calls. Appreciate it. Big ups to uh, Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal who joined us today. Van McElroy, former Raider safety, Super Bowl winner, Super Bowl 18, joining us today. And Keenan Cummings started us off talking to uh, Darius Steeles, WestVirginiaSports.com, Keenan Cummings. Thank you, DeMond, for holding it down on that side of the of the board on the wheels of steel there. I mean, this two hour show flies by. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to go outside and run some laps or something. I got too much energy built up right now. I can't go home like this. The wife will be like, uh-uh, take your ass back to work. <laughs> don't come in here all with all that loudness and all that stuff, man. You save that stuff for the folks at work that don't know you. I don't need all that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Hey, wake up with the uh, Pritch and Clay tomorrow morning. Huge announcement. Huge announcement on Pritch and Clay tomorrow morning. You don't want to miss it. Wake up with the morning show. JT the Brick will get you at noon, and I'll close things out at 4 o'clock. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Good night.